Hello, everyone, and welcome to Madlet Musings. Today, I have with me Tim Shoemaker, who is an author of some pretty amazing books for middle grade and young adults. Am I correct in the age group? You are there? absolutely okay. right. Yep. Uh -huh. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. This is a blast. And you and I have already had like a 20 minute conversation prior to recording. So that's good. And it's been good. <laughs> it I, I can't tell everybody they missed it. Right. 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 You know, y'all, right. you y'all know, missed out. And we then, then we decided to press record and keep going. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you have a series um, that's out um, escape from the Everglades, every living, every hidden thing. And then book three that just released in June, if I'm not mistaken, called the mm. deep end. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So tell us just a little bit about that series and, and who it's written for. Well, I uh, I love writing mystery, adventure, suspense, thriller, you know, type of things. And um, so this is really for that. Um, yeah, it could be high end, middle grade, 12 and up is really okay. where we're at. Yep. And um, and or that uh, that YA uh, market there. I love writing uh, about protagonists that are probably well, in this series, they're they're 14, 15 um, uh getting close to 16 there, kind of at a stage where there's so many changes going on, so much yeah. uh, that can be happening, but yet uh, they're old enough to uh, be able to do a lot of things and and get some freedom, some mm -hmm. leash. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And lots of adventure, you know, I mean, the Everglades, I'm seeing hints of crocodiles and alligators and, you know, cool things too that keep them entertained for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes, right. Um, and, and part of that is, is, you know, we like stories that can kind of scare us just a little yeah. bit. I do anyway. Right, right. Uh, the safety of uh, safety of home. And so, um, you know, what a scary place that is. Right. Uh, when I was doing research, it was like, oh, my goodness. Um, I never want to come back here again. So, <laughs> so I thought for, you know, I, originally I was going to do this kind of this whole series um, yeah. in that area because I thought, oh, there's so much, you know, fuel. For, right mystery adventure suspense type things but um really it was just such a scary area that uh <laughs> i i thought you know what um our protagonist he's a park ranger's son he's gonna okay. move he's gonna and, move <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, dad's gonna put in for a transfer because you know uh i i i had a couple of really close calls uh really personally oh my goodness yeah really yeah. it's like i may not come back uh the next time so uh we don't want to um you know, we don't want to push that. So we just took research a little bit too far, huh? A little bit yes, life-threatening. <laughs> did we did? Um, it was you know dedication with a. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you have firsthand knowledge of alligators and Everglades. It sounds like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. I wanted to see them at night. Okay. You know, I wanted to see the way their eyes glowed. Oh. Um, uh, right. Right. <laughs> you not can see it on national geographic channel. it's not the same it's not the same it's not the same and it is so scary <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when you're close to them uh so yeah yeah but uh and then the rest of the series then it, yeah. it you know they they do move uh up to that uh just north of boston okay uh, there's that you know gloucester rockport yeah uh, out on cape ann there just a really great area and um so his national park ranger dad he can work in boston i mean uh right. bunker hill and uh, right. the uss constitution they're both run by the national yeah. park so oh, it yeah, works out really fun. good yeah oh, i love it i love it and there's no alligators there so you're safe there are right? not <laughs> there are not i keep checking you oh, know. oh that's good that's good <laughs> 
Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a pond here. I live in Wisconsin and, and we have a pond and my kids will go down and go swimming. And I always tell them, watch out for the alligators. And they, it worked when they were younger. And now they're just like, mom, really? There's no alligators in Wisconsin. I'm like, well, there's always yeah. the first time. There you know? is, there is. <laughs> hey, you take him for a night swim. And yes. Those words will come back to him. Right, <laughs> right. Night swims no are, wonder. why is it that the, you know, water in the wilderness at night is 10 times more scary than during it. the day? I know it. I don't that's know why. why. That's why as we as writers, we do so many right. scenes at night, right? Right, right. Uh, In the, the dark. shadows. It's, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, I love that you're writing for um, this age group. Um, I'm I'm on a lot of Facebook groups and, you know, I'm, I'm a homeschooling parent. So there's always questions of like, you know, are there any Christian books for mm. my kids to read versus the stuff that they're picking up just in the general mainstream? So why is it that you're writing for this age and, and why, what do you think is important about it? Oh, my goodness. All right. There's so much. Yeah. Um, my my heart is for this age. It's been for this age. Uh, I've got uh, two younger brothers. Okay. Uh, one's nine years younger. One's twelve years younger. So uh, I had a riot with them growing up. <laughs> uh, I did a lot of babysitting. Uh, there were stitches. There was all kinds of stuff. But we had fun, and uh, that's where I think my love of kids really started. It started long before I was a dad, and uh, so my heart's always kind of gone out, uh, especially as they're hitting some of those awkward uh, years where there's so many changes. One time I had a writer friend um, talk to me uh, and say, you know what, you should be writing fiction for adults. That's where the money is. Yeah. And uh, I used to write for kids and, you know, no more type of thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about that and processed that. And for me, uh, part of my heart is for the boys. We should go back and talk at the, about that. Just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, there's so many books written for broken men. Um, mm -hmm. I want a chance to catch the readers before they're broken yeah. and try to help keep them on some right paths. And, um, and also those that are wounded and are hurting and such, mm -hmm. I want to be there for them. Oh my goodness. Uh, so much more so than, you know, with the adult, there's plenty of others that can write for them. Right, right. Let me, let me, let me, let me have them here. But uh, writing for boys is, is a little different. Mm -hmm. So um, that's where my, my heart was, honestly. Um, but you tell an agent that, you know, don't, <laughs> you no. know, don't tell them that that's no. where your heart is because they no. kind of glaze over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but um you know, with this series here, uh, especially focus on the family who is the publisher of that they really had the vision. Mm. Uh, you know, what do you do after adventures in Odyssey right. and after some of these things, all of a sudden the kids are kind of just, yeah. I don't want to say dropped, but you know, they can't yeah. quite fend for themselves yet. And especially with the boys. So you're right. You're right. I'm a little bit different. So my books are, are are written to hold the attention of a boys, but girls still love them. There's certain oh, yeah. things you to do to um, uh, to get them both. But if if somebody says to me, um, "Well, I want to write for," um, I want to write for a young adult, or I want to write for middle grade, I said, uh, "You're gonna you're writing for girls," mm -hmm. um, you know. But if they if they write it right for the boys, they get them both. Yeah, you know. But you can't yeah. lump boys no. and girls together at that point and say, I'm writing for both and expect to really get both. 
you got to pick one, do it yep. right. And you'll get them both. So right, anyway, right. no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how do you think, um, you know, as you're looking at, at fiction for kids and, you know, one, how do they, how are they impacted by truth through story at that age? Cause I know as an adult, I, you know, I can pick up a fiction novel and I can pick out thematic elements in a Christian novel or things like that, that I can say, oh, I need to apply that to my own personal spiritual lock. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you do that with a, with a child and get across mm-hmm. ideas and concepts where it's effective through fiction? Well, I think, you know, part of it is how they're taking the story in. So for example, yeah. I write nonfiction and I write fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm writing nonfiction, Jamie Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to appeal to your logic center. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to get through there and I'm hoping that I'll be persuasive enough on something or something will resonate with you and it'll go from your head to your heart. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that you'll adopt. And you say, yeah, maybe I should work on that or maybe I'll try that, that type of thing. Now with fiction, it's completely different because if you're reading past chapter one, you're no longer taking it into your logic center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've gotten wrapped up with the story. You've gotten wrapped up with these characters. You're caring about them. You're taking the story in through your heart. Mm. And so any lesson that I'm trying to get through, um, you don't have to worry about it going from their head to their heart. It's yeah. already there. Yeah. And so with our kids, um, one of the big things that uh, I'm careful with when I write, there's a number of things, right? So um, they're clean. Right. I don't have romance. Mm-hmm. I don't make parents look like idiots because they're not. Thank you. Um, and, um <laughs> I don't talk, talk, don't talk down to the, the readers, yeah. you know, you can have readers that are um, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So many times you'll hear adults talking about as kids and they think of them as not smart. No, no. I think of my readers as being very smart. Yeah. They're smarter than me in technology. Um, and because they're a little closer to some of the math that I haven't done in a long time, uh, they could probably beat me on a math test. So, um, you know, they're smart mm-hmm. in some areas, they're smarter than me, but what they lack is experience mm. and that experience translates into wisdom. Yeah. And so they can make a lot of bad decisions or do some crazy things because they lack that experience. They lack that wisdom, but what mm-hmm. we can do with a story that's well-written with really real characters um, that draw them in that they like. Our readers are going through those experiences with those characters and they are actually gaining wisdom. Yeah. And so when they see how somebody that they saw in the story making a good choice or a bad choice and the effects of it, it helps. um, It helps our kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so exciting too, because, you know, I'll watch my kids and we were talking a little bit about this before we got on, but, you know, I'll watch my kids spend, you know, their summer vacation where there's a little bit more, well, I should say a lot of bit more freedom and Mm -hmm. they've got more access to, you know, their YouTube channels they like to watch and Mm -hmm. the streaming video services, et cetera. Um, versus when we crack down more in the fall and it's like, no, before bed, let's get some good reading time in. Let's, mm-hmm. cause we're in that educational mindset now because it's yeah. school. And, right. you know, I can see their personalities actually change, mm-hmm. right? Like their yeah. interests, like um, my husband and I were talking the other day about my, my children, they, you know, 
we go hunting and we're outdoors. We do kayaking and different things like that with the kids. And this That's summer, so it's been great. But the mistake that I've made this summer is allowed so much just freedom to just make their choice. Like they're 11 and 14 now, like just do mm. what you wanted. I can trust you. Right. And they're just turning into couch potatoes and sloths. And then yeah. you're like, Hey, let's go kayaking. Oh, okay. Like their, their entire personalities and focus of what they're interested in has changed mm -hmm. and shifted because of media versus the written word or interaction. And I'm not sure what my point is with that. It's just building up whatever you said. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's a reality and yeah. it's something we have to be aware of. Um, it's, um, that's why we have to be deliberate with some of these things, right? Because yeah. left to themselves, you know, most people will not become better. And, mm -hmm. and that's very true with kids as well. Mm -hmm. So they need that guidance. And sometimes, um, like, for example, um, I'll talk to like, say some parents and, and, and maybe at that junior high age, um, they let their kids make the decision mm -hmm. of whether they're going to go to church or not. Right. And it's like, Ooh, uh, you know, their brain isn't fully developed till 25 right. or whatever it is. Right. 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 Um, so <laughs> at their half brain level, we're, we're giving them a choice like that. Um, and, and it's probably not the, the best time to do that, but instead to help them catch a vision for what church is really all about and why it's important and what they can be doing there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's these things. If, if we just leave it, uh, to them, yeah. they probably won't go in a great direction, but you know what, but we make it fun. Right? right. I mean, oh my goodness. Some of the things you were talking about, those outdoor things, yeah. that's, that's, that's fun stuff. And uh, like, if I would be reading to kids uh, or whatever, I'm going to do everything I can to make that a fun experience. Yeah. So um, let's say you're going out canoeing or kayaking. Kayaking. Well, in a Ziploc, there's going to be a book uh, because someplace we're going to stop and um, we're going to pull out some snacks yep. and we're going to read. And and so there's something about letting them drop into that story world. Yeah. You know, there could be so much fun, but yeah. we make it we make it fun. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's funny that you say that. My husband and I used to uh, fly fish before we had kids. And oh. he would always laugh because we get about, you know, halfway through the day and I'm kind of done, you know, I'm done and he's just getting started. And so I'd have my waiters and I'd pull out a Ziploc baggie that I had tucked in my waiters and it had a book in it. And so oh, I would so... sit down at the edge of the Creek while he's fly fishing, <laughs> just buried in my book. So that's, that's great stuff. Yeah. See, I mean, making the atmosphere and such fun is so good. And, um, and even there, uh, you know, like with, with kids, the darker yeah. you can get mm -hmm. the room, like if you're reading to them, yeah. oh, the better it is, especially with boys, yeah. uh, because they can, they don't have to worry about their emotions showing or anything on Ooh, their face. Okay. And that can be embarrassing to them yeah. if they get you know emotional on something yeah. um, or, um, or whatever. And so sometimes you can even take, you know, like one of the, um, the green glow sticks yeah. you know, that you pick up in the dollar yeah. store and you can crack that and put that in the seam and so you can read to them by that light 
and you can just keep the room, you know, dark and creepy, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> uh, and just have that fun where they're kicking back or they've right. got a snack right. and they can drop in story world. So right? this is how we read a Tim Shoemaker book, right? We need the green glow oh. stick, a bag of popcorn, oh. and a dark room. I'm seeing my future here. <laughs> Invite me there. I want to be there, right? So And Tim um, Shoemaker on Zoom. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that is so fun. Yeah. Um, and sometimes even like with, 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 let's say a niece or nephew and you, yeah. you're going to read to them, whatever. Well, one time I got this old pickup. And so, um, you know, we throw some cushions in there and yeah. I, and I drive them to a spot uh, and we're just kicked back in the, uh, in the bed of the pickup right, and, right. And, and I'm reading to them. And at one point, you know, they finally, as they're kind of looking around as, as I'm reading the story, they're like, wait a second. And it was about this scene where there's a kidnapping and it's like, what was it was it here <laughs> <laughs> yes it was yes it was so so anyway we just had fun with it so yeah. oh that's so funny that's so funny well and it's true their imaginations are so ripe at this age mm -hmm. you know like I was in bed the other night and my daughter she's been camping in our our camper and so oh. she hasn't even slept inside all summer right and she wakes oh. me up at midnight she's like mom Mom, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I'm like, why? And she goes, well, I went outside and I heard something in the woods. And I just instantly was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I'm like, probably it was a raccoon, honey. She goes, I know. But at nighttime, when you hear something in the woods, mom, mm. you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Why are you getting out of the camper? Right. <laughs> She's like, well, I had to come Why are we checking out the woods? Yeah. Use right. the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's um, fun. It's fun. So, okay. So story and kids can convey truth. What happens if you have a kid who A, doesn't like to read, B, this is boring, or mm. C, just really has a hardened heart to things that maybe imply an element of Christianity or God or things like that. Do you have uh, thoughts and tips for parents on that? Well, we still want to get them that, that input. Yeah. And so, you know, even if it means reading to them now, our, our youngest son, he struggled with reading. Uh, okay. So it wasn't just that he was bored, but he, he struggled with it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I ended up reading to him a lot. Now he became a paramedic. And eventually he had to read these textbooks that would make your eyes bleed, you know, uh, <laughs> talk about boring. No but kidding. the fact is by reading to him, his vocabulary went up, his mm -hmm. um, comprehension, everything went up just like normal sure. um, by reading to him. But you've got to find the right, um, you've got to write, find the right story. So, you know, it's so gratifying, you know, getting letters from, well, both readers and parents mm -hmm. where they've said, you know, we just can't get them interested in reading. It's like, it's not necessarily that, or we can't get mm. them interested in a story. Right. It, it's finding the right story. Yeah. It's finding the right style. And uh, so a lot of times, especially for our boys, mm -hmm. um, they like that mystery, adventure, yeah. suspense, thriller. Mm -hmm. It's clean. Um, and here's the other thing. And, and man, I'll just go on a limb here. Do it. Um, so I hope this is okay. Do it. Um but, you know, if it's not connecting, if a parent's trying that, you've got to keep trying different genres until mm -hmm. you until you get it. 
Um, for example, there's so much out there that's that's fantasy, and and that's terrific. There's some mm -hmm. great fantasy out there, but realize that for our young younger readers, uh, middle grade, uh, YA, um, usually not not always, but fantasy to me will take one step closer to entertainment and one step away from inner from inspiring mm -hmm. unless you do it a certain way right so in other sure. words um if they've just got somebody who's got a special ability oh my goodness that's so fun to read but i'll never be like that because i don't yeah. have that special ability mm -hmm. so if we take that type of genre and we took an ordinary person and we put them in that world mm -hmm. as the protagonist your um your reader will identify more with that yes. and they'll be able to be more like that person. So uh, as you're reading that fantasy, whatever, try to find one where the, maybe the main yeah. character does not have his, does not have all the special abilities. Go back right, to right. Lord of the Rings, right? Right, right. Frodo, I mean, he didn't <laughs> right. have any abilities as uh, Sam, uh, you know, but in fact, they had something they had to get rid of right? Uh, because it was dangerous. And, and that was, mm -hmm. that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Mm -hmm. So we keep looking for that. And yeah. uh yeah, I think that's one of the reasons Chronicles of Narnia was always so, you know, such a big thing too with with me as a kid because I felt like I could walk through that wardrobe mm. and have the exact same adventure. It didn't take any special talent; it just required a wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. and I tried, and I kept hitting my head on the back of the wardrobe because <laughs> it never actually opened in Narnia. I'm not sure what happened, but oh, man. oh. <laughs> such oh, a disappointment! Sorry. Such a disappointment. But. <laughs> My daughter, when she was little, she had her closet and she would push her, her clothes away and she'd be like, I can't see Aslan, mom. Oh, oh. And I was and you, just, you yeah. want to show her so bad. I know. I'm like, but you oh. can see him in your mind and your imagination. Oh. And that's the best part. So. Oh, well, you know what? And I'm just thinking, we, I'm not sure I answered your, your other question before too, but I mean, some of that importance of the, you know, the fiction mm -hmm. and the nonfiction in the head and the heart and all that stuff you know another thing too just looking at the standpoint of how important story is mm -hmm. i think it's more important than even we as writers fully understand yeah. Yeah. um you, you know think about think about this okay how many sermons did god choose to record in the bible of jesus's okay. uh, it was one yeah sermon of the mount sermon how many mount. stories lots, lots. um because of the power, the, the fact of remembering how, yeah. how that can teach truth so well. Oftentimes in our churches, we have it so upside down. Mm. They spend so much time, you know, more of the lecture type of thing, mm -hmm. because that's mm -hmm. what the serious deep Christianity is. Right. But um, that isn't always the most effective. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to remember uh, that we react to stories and such. And that's why we have so many great stories yeah. in the Bible. And, and one example um, of this, I guess the importance of fiction and why we need it. Uh, even if our kids say, oh, I don't want that or whatever. Stories can be so important. But do you remember um, uh, when King David, mm -hmm. he'd messed up with Bathsheba. Uh, he had uh, basically had Uriah the Hittite killed. Yep. Um so he's done some really bad things. Right. And what was he doing at that point? Everything a king does. He right. was still going through his life. He was still going through. It hadn't broken him. Mm. And, and that was not acceptable to God. 
Right. So God sent the prophet Nathan mm-hmm. to David with a story. Mm-hmm. And he starts to tell the story about, you know, there's this man, he had this lamb and he just loved that lamb, slept with it. And there's that rich man. Oh, he had a lot of sheep and had a guest come. But he didn't want to kill one of his sheep. He took that man's lamb and he slaughtered it. And, and, and of course, David, he's just furious, right? He's yeah. living. Mm-hmm. And that man's going to pay. And then we get that famous line that Nathan says, you're the man. Hmm. And that ripped David open. That's what broke him. Yeah. And in fact, if you look in, if you look in your Psalms mm-hmm. uh, to that famous Psalm of confession, Psalm 51. Um, and that's got those things in there that so many uh, of us remember, uh, you know, about cleansing us, you know, and, and our sin. It's a, it's a famous, famous Psalm for that. But in the very beginning, it says Psalm 51 for the director of music, a Psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And so the yeah. product of that was he broke and and we have Psalm 51 as a real mm-hmm. the result. The show is brokenness. Oh my goodness, we've got to use stories yeah. uh, because they can they can do so much. They warn us, they protect us, they make us brave, they motivate us to action, they they give us hope, they they convict us of ways that we might be being a jerk or insensitive. Right. Um right. they they heal, they you know, so many different things that mm-hmm. stories can do that nonfiction just doesn't. Right. because the way we take it in yeah yeah anyway so well, i love it i love it i love it and and i've always i've always wow now i'm repeating myself because i'm thinking faster than i can speak but you know i think about story and so often i've compared it and it's a horrible comparison but i compare story to be like the gateway drug to learning in a sense mm. like you know you have to have something to get started with like to draw you in and in that in the element of a spiritual relationship with the Lord and learning. There is so much of the um, um, intellectual elements, the theological, um, the doctrinal, et cetera, et cetera. That's all important in learning about our faith and learning about a relationship mm-hmm. with God. And yet if you approach anyone who's not already there, they shut down because it's just too much it's too much information right and so i look at fiction as almost that gateway to introducing deeper theological thoughts or deeper concepts of the faith and deeper deeper things that when now you are faced with them in a non-fiction standpoint you're like i kind of remember reading about that over there in that story Mm. let me explore it in real life now jamie joe i think you're really onto something there because um it makes so much sense. You think about if you were if you were witnessing to somebody that really knew mm-hmm. uh, little to nothing about Christ, you know, you could start out and just march through, um, right? Uh, you know, four spiritual laws or right. whatever you know, whatever you're gonna you're gonna hit them with, right? Right. But if you start with your story, if you start with your testimony, mm-hmm. and just tell them what Jesus did for you, yeah. Talk about a gateway, right? <clears throat> now right. they're seeing uh, how that opens things up for them and um and sure they'd want to learn more about the faith if they come to 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 jesus right and okay now let me help help me understand some Mm -hmm. of these different things because um 
now their story has changed. He's yeah. in their story and they yeah. want to learn more about yeah. him. Yeah. One of the most exciting things, um, and, and I, I keep dragging this podcast on, but one of the most exciting things that I had as an author was I had written, um, you know, a lot of my books tend into the, the creepier side of, of life and the oh. darker and they hint toward, you know, paranormal stuff and murder. And, you know, I always call them like the Scooby-Doo of Christian fiction, right? You know, there's never really a ghost, but it sure seems like it till the last page. But what was interesting oh, was I got an email from a reader who was um, a professed Wiccan witch mm. and they had read one of my books and they said, this book has started me on a journey to explore if there's other elements of God that I haven't met yet. And that mm -hmm. floored me because I'm like, I have somebody who's the last demographic that I would have necessarily been marketing to. Mm. I mean, I'm not taking advertisements out in the Wiccan catalog, right? You not know, anymore, I, right? I, no, yeah. I don't expect them. <laughs> I wouldn't judge them if they didn't pick up my books, right? right but right. she picked up my book. And then um, about a year later, she emailed me and she said, um, I know you probably can't find me on Instagram anymore because that was how we had originally got connected. She said, I had to turn off my account because most of the people in the Wiccan community have become very upset with me because I've been exploring God in areas outside of the Wiccan faith. And wow. a lot of that has come from reading the novels that you've produced. And I just floored oh. me now. She's not professing Christianity. She's not professing yeah. Jesus, but she's professing a journey and looking at fiction and how something in there sparked something to go, maybe there's more. Oh, that's so good. Oh, wow. That is terrific. And it's so exciting. And that's what I love about fiction. And that's why I love these podcasts mm -hmm. is every author who comes on here has a unique angle of, I don't even want angle sounds like a, a sales thing. They have a unique perspective yeah, right. of their story and what they want to accomplish. And none of them are the same, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've chatted with some authors who are overtly proclaiming Christ in their books and you can't read their book without seeing the name of Jesus written there multiple times. And mm -hmm. then you have authors like me who you may not see the name of Jesus written, but he's there infused in every scene, uh -huh. you know, and, and it's just, they're different strokes for different folks. And yet yeah. it's all pointing to that spark of hope that is Christ in every story. That's produced that's by an author. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I like that, yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I think we could talk for probably another two hours, but then our <laughs> listeners would be like, please stop. <laughs> right, right. So no, I'll bring this good. to a close. But how do people find your books for their kids? I think we need to end with that. How do they best get attached to those stories? Well, you could go to... Um, timshoemaker.com yep. uh, and that will help them see what books are there or they can just go to Amazon and okay. and uh, and put my name in and mm -hmm. and uh, they'll see that so uh, that would be great but yeah uh, I, I I love that mystery adventure suspense thriller uh, but definitely not hokey Christian right. fiction exactly yeah, so. let's not do that <laughs> sure. well tim this has been so much fun having you here on the podcast and hopefully we can have you again and we can continue more conversations about fiction and youth and the importance of our next generation i'd love it thanks so much jamie joe